Welcome back to Living Lean. This is Jeremiah Better. Today, we have a listener Q&A from my Instagram story. Without further ado, let's get right into the questions. So, first question was, does the paleo diet live up to the hype? So, for those of you that don't know, the paleo diet is essentially the idea that we are eating like a caveman would have in the Paleolithic era. So, basically, lots of meats, nuts, fruits, things like that, but it does exclude things like rice, oats. So it's pretty simple and generally it's a lower carb and a bit higher fat approach to your nutrition. Now, I do like the basic concept of the paleo diet a lot. I like the way it pushes you to eat whole foods. I tell most of my clients, we're gonna eat quote unquote paleo-ish, but For most people, I don't like the way that the paleo diet pushes you towards such a low carb approach. Like, you know, in CrossFit, CrossFit is really where the paleo diet came up. Now, CrossFit is a very glycolytic sport, meaning basically we need to use carbs or you'll perform a lot better if you're doing an intense sport like CrossFit, you have some carbs in your system. Again, that comes back to energy systems, which I've talked about a lot on the podcast already. But we need carbs to fuel intense activity like that. The paleo diet generally doesn't provide that, which is why I like the paleo-ish approach much better. So here, basically, instead of just eating what a caveman would, we're eating pretty much just whole foods, but foods that came from the earth or had a face at one point. So this means we could add in, like really, it's primarily carb sources. Again, like things like, oats, rice, we can fuel our bodies a little bit better for performance, but we're also still eating primarily whole foods. So the paleo camp just, it gets a little bit, it's a bit restrictive for most people to stick to. And that's the thing, like if we're eating paleo-ish foods 80 to 90% of the time, like I tell my clients to do, like I do, we can still feel great, look great, get great results, but then we can get flexible with the other 10 to 20% of our nutrition and we don't have to feel guilty. Like obviously something like ice cream isn't going to fit in the paleo diet. So if you want to enjoy some ice cream or wine, I don't, I honestly don't know where do cavemen drink wine. No, probably not. But (laughs) you get the idea. Like if we want to enjoy things like that, the problem with the paleo diet or any diet camp for that, on that note is that when we want to enjoy ourselves with things that are off the diet, like personally, I want to drink wine. I want to eat ice cream again at some point in my life. I know all my clients do too. So it just makes sense to not really tie yourself to this strict, like, okay, this is my diet. These are the only foods I eat, unless it's something that gives you like serious gut issues, which is actually a place where the paleo diet is good when people need to go through like trying to figure out foods that irritate their gut or that that really sensitive to the paleo diet is a good way to actually get rid of most of those foods and then you can work on gradually reintroducing things but again that's a whole nother rabbit hole so again i like the concept that the paleo diet puts you on we're eating mostly whole foods but the restriction and the lack of carbs are just a bit unnecessary. So I kind of like a hybrid approach to this 
with my clients. It just allows for more freedom and really long-term, it's just a lot more sustainable. All right, our next question was, what and when should I eat around my workout? So really, this just depends on you as an individual. Now, first and foremost, this is so context dependent. The leaner you are, generally, the more important things like peri-workout nutrition are. So peri-workout is just basically everything with your nutrition around your workout before, during, and after. So I would say like, if you're somebody that has a lot of body fat to lose, this is the least of your worries. This isn't gonna make the biggest difference in the world. For now, just focus on your overall daily calories, making sure you're hitting your knee, sleep, and actually training before we focus on things like this that in the grand scheme of things are more or less like the last five to 10% of your results. Now, as we get leaner, we have less body fat to lose, things like this start to become more important. We wanna first make sure that, well, let me rewind also. Some people will feel a bit, this really depends on the time of day you're training, but some people will feel a bit better. If you're training first thing in the morning, some people will just straight up feel better training fasted. Now, generally, I would recommend that you have at least 25 to 50 grams of protein about 0.5 to 1.5 hours before you work out. This will prevent muscle protein breakdown, which is basically just your body breaking down the amino acids that are forming your muscles as we train. So having some protein in your system can help prevent that. If muscle protein breakdown outweighs muscle protein synthesis, which is the process of your body taking those amino acids and building more muscle essentially, basically taking protein and turning it into muscle. If our muscle protein breakdown outweighs muscle protein synthesis, then muscle loss is gonna happen. So to prevent that, it's smart to have at least some protein in your system before you train and at least 25 grams Generally, they say 25 to 40, 25 to 50 is ideal for optimally spiking your muscle protein synthesis. Now, that also varies a bit by your body size. So generally, just 25 grams at least is a safe mark. That said, if you just feel terrible training with something in your belly, and in that case, like if you're going first thing in the morning where you would generally be fasted, we do also want to make sure it's something that's quick digestion. Because unless you're, like if you're training at five in the morning, you don't wanna wake up an hour and a half before that just to eat so your food can be fully digested and you won't feel terrible, feel sluggish when you're training. So generally in a case like this, this is where I'd recommend something like a whey protein shake, which is gonna digest very, very quickly. So when you're training, it won't actually be interfering with how you feel. That said, if regardless, you feel crappy with something like that in your belly, then it's all good. You don't have to drink that before you train. Just make sure in a case like that, that's where it is more important that after we get some protein in to start our recovery process. In the most optimal scenario for muscle building, we'll have about 25 to 50 grams of protein every three or so hours to optimally spike muscle protein synthesis and build as much muscle as possible. So it makes sense to not only have protein, again, about 25 to 50 grams before you train, but the same amount within, I would say an hour post-training, just because again, if you had that first bolus of protein an hour to an hour before, by the time you train, it will have been about three hours. 
So it makes sense to get in more protein. Again, just with protein being the literal building block of your muscle, we need to make sure that we're always making that a priority. Now from there, carbs. So carbs, it really does take a while for our body to really make use of carbs to basically for our body to take the carbs to take in and actually turn them to fuel that we can use. So really what you ate the day before, so like if you're training in the morning, what you ate the night before is more gonna be what you're using for fuel as far as carbs go than like what you ate an hour or an hour and a half before. So really it's like four to five hours is really when it's mostly available. That said, anecdotally, a lot of people do just feel, and I'm one of these people, feel better if you have another 25 to 50 grams of fast digesting carbs in your belly pre-workout. Now here we want something, again, like we talked about with protein, it is important that it's fast digesting because otherwise we'll feel sluggish, we'll feel full, our training performance won't be very good. So here I like something like white rice, bananas, oats are decent, cream of rice, just focusing on quick digesting carbs. Now, post-workout, insulin sensitivity is the highest. So here, it actually makes a ton of sense to time a big chunk of your daily carbs. I would say up to like 30 to 50% of the carbs you're eating in a day, immediately or within an hour post-workout. Basically, insulin sensitivity being highest is just meaning that that's when the most nutrients that you take in will be shuttled to your muscles. So it makes sense to time a lot of carbs around this meal. Now we can also get into intro workout carbohydrates here. And this is really, this is really where we're splitting hairs, but to optimize absolutely everything, if you're in a muscle building phase, I wouldn't do this in a fat loss phase, but because there we're just focusing on burning as much fuel as possible while also building or maintaining muscle. It is a little bit harder to build, a lot harder depending on your situation, but it's harder to build muscle in a fat loss phase, but we're just focusing on maintaining muscle, burning fuel. Whereas in a building phase, where our primary goal obviously is just to build as much muscle as possible, it does in some situations make more sense to have an intra-workout carbohydrate drink, something like highly branched cyclic dextrin, now, that has a very fast rate of gastric emptying. Basically, your body can use it much, much quicker. So for those of you that don't know, highly branched cyclic dextrin is just a carb source that you drink. And there about 25 to 40 grams makes sense. I wouldn't go more than 40 grams just because that is a big chunk of your daily carb intake for most people. And you just really don't need more than that to fuel a training session. Now, from here, both pre and post-workout, you wanna keep fats relatively low because fats will slow your digestion of your carbs and protein pre-workout, and then post-workout, they're gonna slow the rate that your body absorbs all these nutrients. Post-workout, we wanna be able to shuttle all these nutrients to your muscles as fast as possible, take advantage of that increased insulin sensitivity. Now, I'm not saying like you need to chug a protein shake immediately after you get out of your training session, but it does make sense to get protein and carbs within an hour of training. So how this typically makes most people's days look is, let's say you train at noon. So your first meal of the day would typically be high fat, moderate protein, low carb. Your second meal of the day, your pre-workout meal, 
would be a lower fat, higher carb, moderate protein. Third meal of the day would be, again, low fat, moderate protein, higher carb. Or honestly, we could probably say all these are relatively high in protein. They're all, again, 25 to 50 grams. And then your final meal of the day looks just like breakfast for lower carb, moderate to high protein, and higher fat. So basically, we're just timing all our carbs around our workouts. All our fat is further away from our workouts. And we're consistently eating protein throughout the day. And actually, when I onboard new nutrition clients, I lay this out. Like, here's ideally your most optimal day to take advantage of all of this. All right, final question. Do sleep habits and stress really affect nutrition? Absolutely. This is something that's very important and not a lot of people really think about. I have all my clients track their sleep and in our weekly biofeedback, I actually have them rank their stress as well. So we can make sure, like if you're struggling with either of these things, that I'm able to give you, first we're able to crack what's going on here get to the root of it, and then I'm actually able to give you action steps and then hold you accountable to following through so we can improve these things. So yeah, they're really damn important. Um, a study from UC Berkeley, I tell clients about this all the time, which is why I can just quote a study from UC Berkeley, but they basically found that your cravings for processed foods, highly processed foods, increase after just one night of bad sleep. So. While highly processed foods aren't inherently bad, they are literally designed to make you crave more. They're so much easier to overeat than less processed foods. So it's just a lot more likely that you go over your calorie goal. So less than ideal if you're someone in a phallus phase. Plus sleeping just lowers your inhibition overall. Basically your ability to say no to foods or even activities that don't align with your current goals. Less sleep also increases the stress response. So basically, when you sleep less, the next day, your body's in a more stressed state. It releases more cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. Now, when cortisol is released, that also stimulates the release of a hormone called ghrelin. Ghrelin is the hunger hormone. Obviously, if you're in a fat loss phase, just in general, increased hunger is not ideal. Plus, the more time we spend in a fight or flight state, a sympathetic state, the more our body is gonna struggle to digest food, absorb it, produce different hormones, repair muscle, which us being in a state where we're underslept is gonna promote all of that. So basically, our recovery is gonna be worse. We're not gonna be able to absorb and use the foods that we just ate, that we've been eating, our body's just gonna be in a worse place overall. So really, all of that is much, much less than ideal when you're trying to create your best body composition. And again, that's why I put such a premium on sleep and stress management for my clients. That's one of the first things we focus on for clients that really struggle with it. Because until we get things like this right, the reality is like you're gonna have a hard time building muscle, you're gonna have a harder time losing fat, your craving's gonna be out of whack. It's just gonna make your life a lot harder. So if you're somebody that is trying to drastically change your body composition, but your sleep or your stress management sucks, I would put a huge priority on that.
All right, team, and that is all the questions we have for today. So, as always, if you have any questions that you want me to answer, nutrition, training, mindset, I got you. I love helping people with this shit so much, if you can't tell. So, seriously, feel free to DM me at Jeremiah Bear or email me, Jeremiah at BearFit.com. Any questions you have related to any of this, and I will go super in-depth on the podcast, help you out as much as humanly possible. With that said, this is Living Lean. Thank you for tuning in.